you were listening to the halftime subs. Literally. Oh god. Let's fucking go. Now here are your hosts, Brett, Curtis, and Ty. Owen, listener discretion is advised. What is going on, world? We are the halftime subs. We are coming at you on Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Halftime Subs. It is a beautiful Tuesday night. It was a fantastic weekend that makes you realize why you love sports. And we're about to get right into that. Curtis is to my left. Ty is to my right. The fat-ass Oreo is back. What up, boys? What up? What up? Yo. Hey, I can hear y'all real good, actually. (laughs) (laughs) This weekend in sports was so good, it reminded me of Kool-Aid. Because everybody likes Kool-Aid. No? No, you don't like Kool-Aid? I I like Kool-Aid. I've been off Kool-Aid. I'm sorry. I mean, get your black ass out of here. You like (laughs) Kool-Aid. Told you. Yeah, I do. We get it with that. Told you. It's all about that uh, crystal light, sir. <laughs> oh my god! What a dash of splendor! Man, if you just give him some cowboy boots, it... <laughs> no, you get the strawberry banana one. Man, the get strawberry banana. Yeah, crystal bro. Light. It, it hey, hard. You give my boy some New Balances with some cargo shorts. You couldn't tell a difference. I have both. I can't believe you don't like Kool Aid. The ref, the ref no, got in the way. Bro. Yo, he brought he brought this big gallon look, container look. thing. Oh, ref. he kicked the ball and it went out. And he, he we're watching them, the Duke basketball he game. He told them that it wasn't. It went out on the other team, but it was supposed to be Duke ball. <laughs> That's funny. So, how about Curtis comes over with his big jug, and I'm like, "You got Kool Aid in there?" He's like, "No, I got water." And I said, Kool Aid in there or something, something yummy. Some water, right. water, some water is yummy. You're trying to drink water jug. Get out of here. All right. So, anyways, this weekend was like Kool Aid though. Everybody liked it. We saw records broken. We saw massive, massive upsets. And you bundle it all together, and it makes you realize how great sports is. You had Juliana Pena. Absolutely maul Amanda Nunes in the second round after taking a beating in the first round. Mm-hmm. Surprised the whole world. She wants a rematch. Except for your boy, because I did call that. And who doesn't believe me, I have references. <laughs> <laughs> I can show you. I called Amanda Nunes, or I called Juliana Pena by finish. But you had Charles Oliveira, who for the longest time everybody said he has no chin. He can't he can't stand the trade. They say that his will can be broken. Well, for the second fight in a row, he took a beating in the first round. And for the second fight in a row, he is still the champion and got a second round or got his second round submission this time. Last time he knocked out Michael Chandler. So you see stuff like that. You see Kai Kara, or I can't even say his name fully. Kai Kara, bleh, the Australian guy. <laughs> I'm so terrible with that name. Anyways. The kid who's one of his best friends died earlier this year, fighting a legend in Cody Gardbrand, and he absolutely torched him. The UFC was off the chain this weekend, and that was just to kick off. That was Saturday night to kick off what's happened between Sunday and Tom Brady breaking records to all the way to tonight where we see Seth Curry break the three-point record. 
Why is people breaking records which, against my team? Which He's, we got. He was so close the other night. He was, man. Breaking in. Yep, he only had to make two tonight. But he's a, um, he's a good team. He only has to make one tonight. It's well, two. no, no, it was two. He had a two. one tie. One tie, oh, two so broke. Yeah. Okay. yeah, he yeah, broke it. Yeah, he broke it in the first. Yeah, he broke, um, I mean, but it was at the Garden. I'd rather break it at the Garden than anything else, too. So that was pretty cool. But, um, but it's just stuff like that. Is what makes you realize how great sports is, how it can bring stuff together. Sports is the great equalizer of the world to me. Yes. The whole world will fight about, you know, especially everybody knows in our country too. Man, you'll fight over left and right and blue and red and this and that. And y'all that's fight. why the Twix company separated from yes. left and right, bro. But if you if you just sit down and watch sports with that person that you've never met before, they might be a left or they might be a right. But you know, you don't know it because you're watching sports together and y'all bonded and found Listen, a way to get together over it. And that is what's beautiful about it. Now that you say that, my dad, um, my mom's birthday was this past weekend. It was actually yesterday. My dad took her out to the paint with a twist. It said they went out to eat and they were in their Josh Allen, you know, shirts and jerseys. He said they were in Outback, and there was a guy at the bar that was a Bucks fan. But every time something went good, my dad was at—he was at the table watching the game. He's like, "Yeah!" And he said this guy would look over at him, and then it became a competition to where it's like, "Yeah, you saw that? We just did that." And he's like, "No, we're like five tables away from each other in this restaurant, and I'm talking shit all night." I'm like, "That's what sports does for people." It, it is, and it's not—you're not—and you're not sitting there trying to fight about it. You—it's it's fun. It's fun. It's—it's it's no different than when the Olympics, how the world will stop with the whole fighting and everything you'll have the whole hiatus and the whole world's at peace for the olympics no different than the world cup you don't have all these nations fighting you don't have left versus right you don't have this versus this it's literally you're cheering for your country to do something that is only done once every four years um well actually it's been a couple years they've had to postpone it but most time four years and you, it brings the nation together. And this weekend, when you saw that, especially what happened in the UFC, that had everybody talking. Everybody was just as amazed. Everybody was in love with the moment. And that is why sports is so great. That is why we do what we do. And it's, it's to a point to where, like, we came off of the COVID year of where mm-hmm. fans weren't in stadiums. Fans weren't in arenas. I remember watching all the UFC fights and nobody was there. That it's roar just, of that crowd was insane. literally Dana White and the commentators and the fighters in the cage. Hey, real quick, because it's on TV. Why Miami give Crystal Ball that miniature That's, jersey yeah, like that? Why do they do that? They, they gave, Why they did gave, they let Manny Diaz go instead of just making him the defensive head coach? Again? Because you can't take him from head coach to defensive you coordinator. You want. No, <laughs> ain't gonna I don't do need it. <laughs> it ain't going to be like that. Come on. Anyways, man. now let's get – I want to go ahead and t- start a topic real quick. We'll get into the, the NFL review here shortly. Top of the Oreo, bottom of the Oreo. Huh? I the, like the cream in the middle. I ain't going to flex. Oh, that's, am I your favorite? That's what you're getting at? <laughs> I knew he was going to Yep, there it. <laughs> All right, so. The lightning one. The big game of the weekend. Bucks versus Bills. I was there. Ty was there. Right. In fact, Ty has a fantastic picture that y'all should check out on our social media pages of what Bills fans do when they're in the stands. And great time. There was broken tables all in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet there was. It was. It was. I was great. at work. It was really broken tables and throw up. What? Oh, the yeah. Definition of Bills Mafia. <laughs> but, uh, for for sure. Now the Buccaneers win. The Bucks jumped out to a massive lead in the first half. Bills come storming back, and really, I wouldn't even say the Bills come storming back. I say Josh Allen came storming back. 
He and got a Dasta got out. Oh. Yep, he tied, got the game tied up. However, Bucks hit the big play on a beautiful short crossing pattern. Oh, it's just such and a beautiful way to lose. <laughs> now, like you said, what? You can't spell Bills without two you L's can't or spell whatever? Bills without two back to back L's. There you know? go. New England, so, Tampa. Curtis puts on his social media my phone got real quiet in the second half. No, it didn't. You just stopped responding. No, it got real <laughs> quiet in the second half. <laughs> you just the, first half the first half, it was going crazy. It was so, like. It was like, yo, this, this, and that, and then second half, I Now, the things I want to get into in this game is, for one, in the first half, I think you saw what the Bucks look like when operating on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Why? Especially crazy. the defensive line. Yes. Crazy. Good God. Yeah, dude. So, that is what that looks like. And Lenny is not playing. Another thing that, another thing that we'd like, like to talk about is the records that were broken. We had the completion record broken. Yep. You had the 700th touchdown thrown by Tom Brady. That's that was, insane. That was perfect, though. For or no, was it pass or altogether? I don't no, know it was it was. all it's it's all together. I think Including it's a postseason and postseason regular season. Postseason and regular season, yeah. I think it's, it's all 700, together. yeah, which is well, just it's insane. It's just like that way to, like, that 700 touchdown. Mm. Like, I'm, I can't even be mad at you. Like, that, you deserve that. Like, that's that's great. Yeah, he threw a rocket on that ball. He did. Like I don't even know how Mike Evans caught that ball. Even watching on slow motion, that ball is going fast. Um, but what I really, really want to get at is last week we talked about the idea of firing Buffalo's coach if they were to miss the playoffs. And as I watched this game, now that was the fourth game I've watched Buffalo fully. Mm-hmm. I've seen four games now fully watched all the game all the way through. In all four games... They are grossly outcoached on offense. Yeah. I mean, grossly. Tremendously. Our defense keeps us in it sometimes. I don't understand how y'all have even gotten to the point where y'all are. Because y'all are going to, y'all have an all world talent at quarterback, and y'all are going to get that kid killed. That's what I told you. Like He's on a bum ankle, and you're running power sweeps. Bro, what are we doing? I'm telling you, it's up to Brian. It's the OC. Like, what are we doing? I know it's bad because it sounds bad, but just like, being there and seeing the power sweep, it was just like this man is still getting sixteen yards with a bum leg. He got hit. <laughs> he was tackled, so he got sacked three times. He was hit an additional eleven times while passing, because um, there was an eleven additional QB hits, and then he was tackled an additional six times in the field of play. He was hit twenty times, like fully hit twenty times, and we're not even counting like. You know, after the play was over and he was getting knocked over or something. He was hit 20 times. Why is your quarterback hit 20 times and y'all don't have a wide receiver or a running back take 20 hits in a game? That is insane. For the first time, for the first time in 30 years, a running back did not have a carry for Buffalo. It's the first time that that's happened in 30 years. Which is why every time that happens, we go right to Matt Breida, and I ask the question, why the hell did we not start him? Side note, like while I was at the game, I'm sitting up there, and the guy in front of me, we're talking about fantasy and everything, and he has Devin Singletary, and he's like, "Yo, I might as well hang it up this game because." They're not even going to run the ball. He was like, I'm sitting on one point from one carry. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you might as well. Bro, you might as well. Like, call it a day on that because that's dead, bro. bro we, you got to think about it. You look at Zach Moss and Devin Singletary compared to the size of Matt Breida. That is, there's two different types of running backs. But the only running back that gets the yards are Matt Breida. So why do we keep going towards the short running backs? Like, yeah, they can move and, and do that. But running the ball, like, through a gap, through a hole, bro, they're not going to do that. 
Especially going against Vita Vea. And, and Vita, bro, Vita, yeah. man, when I seen him at the Super Bowl parade, dude was huge. So I'm like, bro, you not getting through that hole like that. Not when the running backs like that. Yeah, they, I just don't understand the play calling at all. And then another thing I don't understand. It's all going to fall on the OC. I just don't understand it. Another thing I don't understand is, is Josh Allen, there was times where he was safe in the pocket, at least for a second. You know, there really was. There was times where he had a little bit of time. But the route combos and the route tree and, and watching the watching the receivers run routes after watching the replay of that game now, wow, that's really bad. You got receivers that much running into each other in the same spots. There's no spacing. I mean, it is just it's, bad. As I told you, it's all going to fall on the OC. It's all going to fall Like, that fall guy has got to go. <clears throat> like, it was cool last year because we didn't have Stephon Diggs will say, I will say, I will say this. I don't know how y'all are going to handle. I mean, Buffalo should make the playoffs. We have a very weak schedule. But when y'all face teams that are physical with y'all up front, a la what the Jaguars did to y'all, man, I just don't know, dude. It's bad. It's bad. Like they, Because uh, we have we have a rookie and a second-year starter uh, with Cody Ford on our O-line. With Spencer Brown on the outside, Spencer Brown is cool because mm. literally with him – our rush, our rushing yards go up because we can actually run the ball behind him. Mm-hmm. With Cody Ford and everybody else, you would have thought we could, but as soon as they pull, nobody can do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Feliciano was out half of the year, in and out with the COVID. Mm-hmm. That's our main puller. That mm-hmm. was the, once he was out and Spencer Brown was out, there was no running that ball with that line. You got to yeah. plug all these holes that are open, and you still got you know the running backs that can't run through the hole like that. It's, it's questionable, but at the same time, it comes down to the play calling as well, like you say. Dude, I was amazed. I was just, I was so shocked. I was like, man, they watched a high school tape and decided they were going to throw the ball every single play. And sometimes, sometimes we may only win when Josh leaves the pocket and runs for the eight to ten yards. Out yeah, of, but out y'all, of y'all are zero and five now in one score games. I tell the me, seven I win, the seven wins y'all had that they were talking about this other day on, when we were watching the game. The seven wins y'all have had are by average of 27.5 points. Y'all are 0-5, though, in one-score games. That, to me, is insane. It's, it all kind of, That literally comes down to the rushing. That's, mm-hmm. that's where, because when I thought about it, I was in Buffalo. The Monday night game we played the Titans. We lost after a last second because we let Josh run the ball, and he slipped in the backfield. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't have happened. We lost... Uh, we lost this pass with them. If we literally could run the ball, we could we could have probably no, changed. No, y'all the way. lost that game. Y'all are just grossly outcoached in that game. The Patriots game? No. Yes, y'all. Y'all are grossly outcoached. I don't, honestly don't think they was gonna stop us if we could run the ball. Stop what? We'll you see. couldn't even get out the pocket, we'll bro. See. We'll y'all see. were we'll see. that. We'll y'all we'll were grossly outcoached we'll in that we'll game. Chigon had that on lock. He literally he's pushed you now. to one he's side. Not, he's hurt now. I will say this: if they play in clean weather. The wind's not blowing 75,000 miles an hour. Oh, no. I think that game is very different. I do think Buffalo goes to New England. I think Buffalo wins that game. Because um, I think the weather will probably be better. However, if that weather is crappy again, there ain't no way. Raining. It's going to be raining. <laughs> it always rains. Five miles per hour winds. And then if, it, if, it, if it's a... Uh, a game where if we play later in the day, of course it's going to fucking rain. It always rains in New England. I just... I don't under... Uh, 
I don't know, man. I just I've watched bu- I've watched weird. four full it's Buffalo weird. games welcome, this year, and even even when they played Jacksonville, and let's just go ahead and be really honest, that whole Jaguars coaching staff is a we laughing stock. That. We should have won that game. Like, but you know, but you know what though, y'all are out coaching that game. That's like, and that's yeah. my problem is y'all are consistently getting out coached despite the all world talent of Josh Allen. Y'all are winning games because Josh Allen is so great. So despite the shitty coaching. Josh Allen's like, nah, I got it, guys. Don't worry about it. That and is, is so that bad. that's not sustainable. Cause it's it's either and it's weird because it's like certain some of the play Ooh, calls, deep. some of the play calls just don't make sense. No, they like, don't. Not at all. And then we'll sit back and we'll be like, okay, I guess I guess we could figure something out. I guess maybe. But at this point, that's kind of where I stand. Like everybody's asking, they're like, oh, how do you feel? I'm like, listen, were you there when JP Lossman was our quarterback and we started the year five and zero? <laughs> we fucking missed the playoffs. I, I was there. I said Buffalo. I was, right. That's literally why I was like, I was like, bro, the way they, the way circle we the wagons. Listen, I'm gonna rep the team. <laughs> the wheel to the broke. Day Don't circle die, yet. You know? I'm gonna rep the team to the day that I die. That's why I was like, you know, it now, is what it is at this point. All right, we'll go into the review here shortly. Um, the next thing I want to touch on really quick because I knew the record was gonna get broke tonight was Steph Curry. In the NBA, you have trendsetters for different reasons. Okay. Michael Jordan kind of remade what it is to be an NBA star, right? I mean, he was, you know, he's doing the big dunks. He's taking over games. He's got the he's got the shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Must I, be the shoes. Must be the shoes. Um, so my question to that is this. Magic Johnson, when he came into the league, redefined the point guard position. Mm-hmm. Can we agree to that? Yes. yes. I mean, yes. I'm not going on a limb. That's no, no. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> when Jordan came into the league and started taking over, we can agree that he redefined what taking over a game was, and that you know, and dominating game. He was like a superstar. He, like was, he was. He was a true superstar. He was that guy. He was. It was Jordan. Mm-hmm. Post Jordan, it went to Kobe, who Actual. was who's MJ 2.0, mm-hmm. and from MJ. Spawned guys like Kobe, Tracy McGrady, you know, the the guys like that, okay? Mm-hmm. Then, from there, once Kobe, you know, gone, you had LeBron come into the league, okay? Now, LeBron is a unicorn. Now, LeBron has affected the game. To me, he has put a little bit of effect into the game, but he has done more to affect basketball outside of the court as opposed to on the court. Yeah, him and Kobe. He's done special things on the court, but he's done a lot off the court. Whether you agree, disagree, whatever, I'm not, I'm not here. Yeah. So whoever is going to comment on this, okay, <laughs> I'm not here wrong. to t- I'm not <laughs> here to tell you whether we like it or don't like it. We're just telling you he's affected the world off the court. I'm going to tell you. And y'all and y'all are about to see where I'm going with this. Okay. My question is this. Has anybody since Kobe and Jordan. Let's just go back to that era. Okay, so let's more more or less say Jordan. Redefined a position or how the game is played. Okay, so we're not talking about off-the-court stuff. How the game is played more than Steph Curry. No. And honestly, no. I don't think so either. Because the first person I can remotely think of, if you give me that, okay, after Jordan and Kobe and on era, is... Is like AI, AI. and that, right. up, that was that transition person. from okay, Magic changed the point guard. Now AJ, AJ, 
AI redefined it to be like, okay, mm-hmm. this is fashion, what you can do a as a point guard. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, That's it's it a was. swagger type of the ordeal. Well, it wasn't just that, but, though. I mean, he his moves and the way he moved with the ball and yeah, how he attacked the rim. Yeah. And see, I was actually about to go into that, too. Because from that, from AI mm-hmm. in that generation, you had the spawns of the AI. You had what came next in Steve Nash. You have stuff like that. Because if you think about it... You got into the Jamal Crawfords and... Kyrie. Kyrie's Mm -hmm. of today. And that, to me, I I feel like, and it's just my Mm -hmm. own personal opinion, it's more Jamal Crawford than it is Yeah, the Jay crossover Mm -hmm. is is always going to be over Kyrie That damn Jamal Crawford is something special. And he said he still hasn't used some of the dribble-like moves in games. He still wants to come back. I was like, wait, you have more? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But But Steph Curry, to me... Redefined how you play basketball. Yeah, for sure. Especially now, definitely on, because, on multiple levels. Yes, because levels. if you think about it now, you go to any basketball gym. See, back when when I was a kid and I was one of the basketball gym or in high school and you're playing ball with your boys or something like that. What are you doing? You drive into the hoop. You trying to, you know, what I'm saying you're trying yeah, to posterize somebody. Like yeah, going, you know, you know for Kobe me, with a yes, or and that that was actually that was me. To be honest with you. Um, I was me all day. You see, I that's when it. I realized he. But you it's said, right. He, he's an. But he's now, when you go to the NBA gym, all you see, or you go to any gym, go to any basketball gym, you see dudes pulling up, from fifteen the, foot off the arc. Really <laughs> <can't> <laughs> from where me and Tyreek used to pull up and pee. Yeah, <laughs> like, yo, you almost shot from half. That's the volleyball line, cuz. What yeah. are you doing? But you, I hit but, it though, right? You but saw here's me. my thing. He redefined what a good shot was. Right. And when you sit there and think about it, there's not many players in the history of the game that redefined what a good shot was. Steph walking up and still 10 foot off the arc. and that, a good shot. Because think about nice it. Shot. How often back in the day in the NBA, you saw mostly half-court defense, right? I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of full-pressure stuff. Steph Curry forces you... To once he gets to half court, you have to get on him, because otherwise he's about to bust you from half court. Like, and that's a thing. And it's, it's with zero fear, he's throwing it up and about to bust a half court three. And like, so, even though Dame got in at the time that he did, Dame is doing the same Dame is thing. doing the same. Just like, yo, you gonna respect how far I can shoot, or I'm gonna or make I'm you gonna respect how far I can shoot. Like, there's yeah, just you better ask PG thirteen. I just nice. think that with him breaking that record, obviously he's Steph Curry's the greatest shooter ever. Yeah, there's that, no arguing it. Like he now. is. Ray Allen's right there. I understand that, and oh, so is there, Reggie Miller. Yeah, Reggie Miller is a stud too. He's one of the greatest shooters ever. Larry Bird, if you really want to start going way back, Larry Bird's one of the greatest shooters ever. Yeah, but none of those dudes can our, touch our Steph. what Steph did. You know who else redefined the game of the NBA? That I was thinking because I really thought about this today. I don't. I don't know why this hit me like it did. It just for some reason sat on my mind. Think about what Dirk Nowitzki did he for was, the game of basketball. He was different. That, that was okay, and he, I say that when you when you see, see look at that sentence on the surface, you're going. I mean, he uh, he was good, a lot of but I want you to think that, about but... think about this though. What spawned from 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 Dirk? Since then, you've had guys like Porzingis, Luca, Jokic, uh, all he, those guys even, from even overseas. His, even his shot is is not that is is huge, but then you look at his shot to where it's like KD does the fadeaway mm-hmm. shot. Um, Porzingis does. Yes, I mean, it's, I understand guys. now he played a different position than some of the guys I named. But my per, even, my point to that is the overseas yeah, guy, the, overseas, the overseas player. Think about some of the top players in the league right now. Who's the reigning MVP? 
What? Yeah, he, he's activated Keenan right. Allen. There you okay. go. Yeah. All right. Um, who who's the reigning MVP? Jokic. Luca's insane. Luca is insane. And even with better, that same position, I, it thinks it makes me think about how Carl Anthony Towns changed the position of the center what? so much because now you see these centers like Joel Embiid and Jokic and others mm-hmm. that are going out and bringing you out past to the three point mm-hmm. line like, and making you respect their shot as well as their mid range. Yeah, like, because it, and it started that's before them but, with see, like Kevin Garnett and you know people Dirk and, and Kevin Derek Garnett. And, yeah, yeah. Tim Duncan, we can't forget about. Yeah, but Tim Duncan wasn't Duncan. popping off threes. Dirk yeah, Tim was. Duncan, you get a little mid range shot, but it's just like Dirk. Yeah. Dirk was pulling up a three constantly, yeah. going, "Okay, y'all are gonna come out. That's cool," and just draining three. Tim but, Duncan actually talked about that one time in an interview how he hated playing Dirk because oh, he knew sure. he had he'd have he'd have to guard the entire court. He didn't have just to guard inside the key. He'd have to go out to an area he's not comfortable with. So I was just thinking about that. I was just on my mind. But yeah, Steph Curry, whoever cannot love Steph Curry and respect what he's done for the play of the game of basketball is insane. And that is the greatest shooter of all time. Everybody should take a second and just watch the magic that is Steph Curry. And then if you want to look at some more magic, look at his brother. His brother shoots like him. He just does not have that clout. And I'm like... Yeah, no, no Steph's... He's sparky. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I think it he's, is. He's, like, he's more Robin than Batman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not going to have the clout that's like Batman. He's mm. a Robin. He's not a Batman. Robin got two good movies. The rest of them, he's just a sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> he All right. So, I want to like transition... That? Sparks. We're going to transition before we get into more NFL and, and more all that fun stuff. Let's go ahead. Curtis, there's some things that had me scratching my head this week. There's some things that had me dying laughing, too. Curtis, what's some conundrums from this past week, bro? My conundrums is, can you guys please stop going after Aaron Rodgers in his belt? Like, if, you, if you're going to do the belt, everybody that's done the belt this year has lost. Like, it's just at this point, just please do not do it anymore. Uh, Robert Quinn decided to go ahead and do it in the first quarter, which was, I mean, it was cool, you know, talk a little shit, you know, that's cool. But when you do it and you guys are tied and then you lose 40 to 30, at that point, you just might as well give it up. Like, uh, even, even Devontae Adams went to Twitter and was like, question, when, when has mocking the belt ever worked out at well? You know, when, when, when has it, it hasn't really worked out at all. And then you get to you get to the Bills game. And it's like, you know, I seen all the jokes, you know. The 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 my favorite one was actually you can't have two back to back L's, you know. Can't spell Bills without two back to back L's, right? <laughs> you know, that was my favorite. I was cool with that. But you know, other than that, I don't know. Like in Aaron Rodgers being in the stands for for the first quarter. Like everybody need, they need to just let Aaron Rodgers do what Aaron Rodgers does. If he wants to drink a little beer before he goes out and and comes back, because that's literally what guy. Why like. we sit? We gonna get lit? Right, right. I'm telling you, that's that's what Aaron Rodgers brings to the table. But those are my conundrums right now. You know, it was it was weird seeing it, but it that those are the two things that did make me laugh the most this week. Everything else is like, eh, it's cool. But Aaron Rodgers is funny. Aaron Rodgers Rodgers and Tampa Tom might be the two funniest quarterbacks this year. I think Devin White, for me, was the best one this week. 
Yo, he straight up rodeos Josh Allen, and then while they're getting up off the ground, tells him, hey, bro, I rode you like a bull. Oh, see, listen, I, I, have, I have a homeboy that's uh, he's like an NFL photographer, and he's doing a Shaq Barrett documentary. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm about to, I have to figure out, can I speak to Shaq? Because I, I want to know how, what makes y'all defense so fucking great? Like, that defense is scary. Well, it's players and scheme. Yeah, but I I also got to see. He, he, <laughs> he but so much. Like, like, every time you ask a simple question, he's like, okay, well, it's this. Most people ain't going to. Let me let me be ready. But but that is what it is. No. Did you have really good players with a really good scheme and a really and, good coach? And what uh, happens is, is always, he's always. And then what happens is it turns into a really good defense. See. All right. So, anyways, those are those are Curtis's conundrums of the week. Um, yeah, I mean, I always enjoy like some of the funny stuff that goes on throughout some of these games. Whether it's like the referee busting his ass or, you know, somebody talking smack. Mike Evans telling Tom Brady, hey, bro, let me get some of that TB12 stuff you sold me. <laughs> bro, I'm like, telling you, I don't know what that is. That whole brand he has is great, though. Yo, it's something. That that's whole, incredible. That's a crazy brand, and it's it's all over the place. Um, All right, Ty. You got that review for me? Here. Hey! I'm locked and loaded. Let's get it. Get it. All right, Thursday night, guys, we had the Vikings versus the Steelers. It started off as an absolute massacre, 23-0. Then Big Ben decided to go Big Ben on him and try to come back. He had 360 yards passing, 70% completion rating. And Dalvin Cook came through with 205 yards rushing on 27 carries, guys. I guess you could say that shoulder's not bothering him too much, huh? Oh, ain't nothing bothering him. Hit stick. Then we go into our Sunday night and no, the Sunday evening games, one o'clock. We got the Ravens and the Browns. The Browns really needed this game. Um, we had Lamar go down first quarter with an ankle sprain. He may or may not play this week. I'm leaning on may said, play this yeah, week. Yeah, I think they said he's dead. Um, Huntley came in with 27 completions out of the 38 passes, 270 yards, 45 yards rushing. Um, two fumbles in the game, but it wasn't looking too good. The best thing I think that I actually saw on Sunday was in that game. You know what it was? Wow. The onside kick where he kicked it like he was playing in the movie The Water Boy. Oh, God. Did, any, did anybody see that? Yeah, I saw it. He lines up. Okay, for anybody who didn't see this, go on YouTube. It's all over, it was all over YouTube. It's all over NFL thing. They line up for the onside kick, okay? just You can look at Justin Tucker's eyes, and he skins the line. You can literally watch him, watch all these dudes. And he pinpoints a dude, just like in the movie The Waterboy, and goes, oh, yeah, there's my bitch. <laughs> he kicked the ball, it bounces off the turf, and hit the dude directly in the side of the shoulder slash head, and then bounced back towards the Ravens player. The Ravens got the onside kick at the end of the game. Anyways, I just thought that was like one of the best Fun things fact, I saw. All the onside kicks were recovered this week. Do you know that was the first time um, that the Ravens recovered an onside kick since 2017? Boom. There you go. Knowledge. Hey. Wow. I saw that. Knowledge yeah. is power, guys. Yeah, All right, power. go on, go on, go on. Jags I'm sorry. get a shutout against the Titans. <laughs> Wait, they, Titans they, get a shutout against was, the Jags. Jesus they Christ. Gave up a shutout. <laughs> Titans defense have four interceptions, three sacks. And then we go on to the Raiders and Chiefs game. The Raiders decided for some odd reason to go in the middle 
of the Chiefs field and start trying to celebrate. And then the ran game. single high safety all game. What are we doing? And but then they got fumbled. milli rocked they, 48 to 9. They fumbled the first play of the game, bro. Like It was that's, that's bad. Why do that? And then the uh, Chiefs scored like, what, 48 points? Yeah, it was 48 oh. to 9. It was bad. Said, you know what's weird about that 48 points, though? If you look at it, the defense really is the star of that game, though. That yeah. defense set up everything for yeah. them. All right, go on. Um, then we go on to the Saints-Jets game, 30-9. Saints win big. Alvin Kamara, 27 carries for 120 yards, one touchdown. Then we go straight into our Cowboys game versus Washington, 27-20. to 20. Cowboys win. One interception, five sacks, three forced fumbles, all recovered by the Cowboys. Then we have our f- – Micah Parsons, defensive player of the year. And rookie. Oh, yeah. His yeah. stats are Most wild. definitely. Him and Trevon Diggs, stats he leads, are wild. He leads the league in quarterback hits. He leads the league in tackles for a loss and has 12 sacks, all while splitting time between defensive end and linebacker. Give the man his trophy. And the only mm-hmm. other rookie to win that was LT. So Yeah, give the man his trophy. Go on, Ty. Falcons beat Panthers 29-21. They ease by. Seahawks get a big win over the Houston Ooh, Texans, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's not really much of a team anymore. They've been getting breaks beaten off of them almost every game. Um, then we go into our Sunday night games. Looking at that $2 hooker. <laughs> Chargers versus Giants. We got the Chargers get a big win over the Giants. 37-21. to Justin Herbert has 275 yards in the air with three tutties. 63 of those yards actually came on one pass that hung 63 yards in the air, by the way. He threw a ball that went 63 Air yards. That's that's crazy. I want you to think about that one. Sixty-three that's, in the air. Mm. That man has a can. <laughs> Go on, Ty. Broncos beat Lions thirty-eight to ten. There's a lot of ones in their record. Jesus Christ! I said that. I was like, <laughs> they got one win, eleven losses, and one tie. How? Look, we got one tie, too. 49ers beat the Bengals, but the Bengals tried to come back, guys. <laughs> Burrow and um, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. That hookup. that hookup, I call it the LSU connection because mm. it, it's just beautiful. Listen, but I think, Every that's, time. I think that's what a lot of co- uh, college to NFL coaches are going to try to do now. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Then you have the Bucks and the Bills. We had a lot of history made in that game. We had Tom Brady, like we said earlier, have his 700 touchdown and also pass Drew Brees with career completions. Bucks win in overtime, 33 to 27. Then we have our Sunday night game, late night game rather. Packers versus the Bills. Packers win 45 to. 30. I still own you. Mm. Mm. Bears, not Bills. You mix the games up. You said Packers versus Bills. I said Bills. Did yeah. I? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Bears. 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 Thank you. But Thank you. since you brought up the I still own you, uh, one of the. It's the, Aaron Rodgers. You don't know Aaron Rodgers? The Aaron Rodgers right, I still own the, anything? No. One a couple of weeks ago in Chicago, after he scored a touchdown towards the end of the game, he went to he looked at the stands and got right up like right next to the stands and then pumped his chest and said, I still own you. Right. And. Alan Alan Lazard <laughs> Alan Lazard was getting interviewed after the game and he wore a shirt to the press conference that said I still own you. Mm. What? <laughs> mm. I guess you could say it's a rivalry. That's tough. <laughs> oh, That's tough. and the simple fact that it is a rivalry, Chicago's about to give up the lead any second now. 
I can't do. And that Monday night game? Monday night game comes in 30-23. to 23. Rams win. Kyler Murray looked great out there, guys. It was absolutely amazing. That kid is absolutely crazy. 383 yards in the air, 61 yards rushing. And then, you know, you got Cooper Cup, 13 catches for 123 yards. Mm. That man's on the verge of breaking the record. It's going to be crazy. Mm. I kind of want him to get 2,000. Now... With that review done, this is what we're looking like in the AFC. New England is still the one seed. Tennessee is the two seed. I cannot believe Tennessee is still the two seed. They've been the two seed like all year. And Derrick Henry is still out. That whole team's injured. He's still in the top. I think they say he's in the top three now. Yeah. He hasn't played since week eight. Insane. Kansas City has jumped up to the three seed. They're starting to look good on defense. Baltimore is fading. They have fallen to the four seed. The Chargers are the five seed. Indianapolis is Indianapolis. I was close on that one. Is the sixty, which they got a big game coming up on uh, Saturday, and Buffalo is the seven, hanging on by tiebreakers over Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Denver, and Pittsburgh is a game back. Um, they are packed in there six through uh, through eleven. Yeah, <laughs> like, whoever whoever loses these last four games or wins these last four games i think buffalo buffalo makes it in they have the easiest schedule they have one of the easiest schedules in the league the rest of the way um i do think indianapolis though is playing the best out of all of them and we get to watch that on hard knocks that's what's great about it i like it it really is actually i like that i really liked the episode where they got throttled by tampa (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's the one i like the most it is now in the nfc you got Green Bay as the one seed, which I think they've probably played the best, most consistent all year, I'd say, outside that game one. Yeah. The Bucks are the two seed over tiebreaker over Arizona, who's also 10-3. Dallas is your fourth seed. The Rams are your five seed. San Francisco, who is hot, is your sixth seed. How is this possible? The Washington football team is the seventh seed. Let's go football team. Let's go football team. I'm God pulling for them, man. Mighty. I'm pulling for them. I don't even have. The Super Bowl. Yeah, I just no, don't, I don't even have words it. for that. <laughs> but, you know, Anyways, the football team wins. Yeah. Yo, that shit will be the. <laughs> Man, I probably won't watch. I'm going to be honest That'd with you. That'd be a funny Super Bowl to watch. I don't know if I'd watch this. Wrong, and the with Washington you. football team. People like, oh, so they just let a football team win the Super Bowl? Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, every fucking year. But this year, you know, this team. This is the, this is the actual football <laughs> this team. This is the actual football but team. But wasn't man. last year's team an actual football team? Yeah. No, they see, were, but this one is a football. This I, one is the, the football team. in Washington. I don't know. It's very confusing. Actually, now, you also have from... Washington six and seven, Minnesota six and seven, Philly six and seven, Atlanta six and seven, New Orleans is six and seven. So all of them are six basically and six and seven and worry about tiebreakers <laughs> at this point. Listen, um, it's the simple fact that Atlanta is like right there. They are. That's what shocks But you know me. what's weird to me is Atlanta's six and seven, and you look at that team and you go, yeah, they're like a two win team. Yeah. They look like garbage most of the time, and then also <laughs> out of nowhere they'll just randomly beat you, and you're like, what the hell just happened? Cordero Patterson. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he rushed for 123. CP, what, he's got 1,000 yards, uh, all-purpose yards already this year? Yo, Cordell Patterson, talk about CP, a reawakening. CP84. <laughs> Is that what we're calling him, CP84? That's what I'm calling him. You know, I'm a Star Wars fan, too. Fuck it, let's go CP84. CP84. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds legit. And you can start beep, beep, boop, beep, boop. And that's what he do on the field. <laughs> That's funny. Now, there are a few games we're really, really, really looking forward to this week because I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of games that are going to be an ass whooping, I got a feeling. There's yeah. a lot of games that are just kind of lopsided this week. Um, 
I want to start with the. I guess we should start with the Saturday games, right? I mean, that just makes the most. Or I guess technically a Thursday game. We'll start with the Thursday game. Yeah, that's it. Chiefs and Chargers is at the. It's at the Chargers. Chargers are playing pretty well. Chiefs are hot as shit. It is in LA. The Chargers are the underdog, so Chiefs are favored by three. Um, and as good as Kansas City's defense been playing, ooh, is it gonna be a shootout? I see I that's feel like it. I usually feel like it. I feel like I would say this is a shootout, but with both defenses been playing pretty decently for the most part as of late. Which, which it depends on which yeah, it depends on what shows up. One COVID test from this being a shootout. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Justin Herbert, you're about to get you're you're literally gonna get quarterback school in this game. Mm-hmm. Two of the best young quarterbacks in the league and Justin Herbert and um uh Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, thank you. Um are about to go head to head again. And we should really, really, you know, revel at the opportunity we get to watch this because these two young talents are all world talents that we're going to get to go watch go head to head for years, years to come. At, at, um, and it's great. very, very back and forth. Two of the best arms in the league. Mm-hmm. Two this, this out Brady Manning. I don't, I don't know if it's gonna be Brady Manning know. or not. <laughs> I can't but like, give it Brady Manning. The, well, we'll see. I mean, it takes yeah, time it for t- that. Yeah, it takes because you got to think it's. Now, Eckler is questionable. Keenan Allen's still on COVID. Mike Williams should he's play. Oh, is he activated now? Yeah. Okay, Allen so he's back. Um, I feel like I want to take the Chargers in this game. I kind of want to do it. I don't know if it's because of, I don't know if it's because the Chargers beat him at home or they beat him in Kansas City earlier this year. And you would think I just and I feel like the Chargers are having to play for more. Yeah. And you know what's wild? If the Chargers win, they actually I think jump the Chiefs and they take the division lead because of tiebreakers. Yeah. So they'll have the same record, but they have beat the Chiefs twice. They'll so they'll have they'll have a game in hand and the tiebreaker. So I kind of feel like the Chargers are having to play for more. It's in LA, the home underdog thing. That's a real thing. It's, and you're traveling Kansas City to LA. That's a long flight on a on a short week. Give me my homie. They're going, going back. So back I'm gonna take the Chargers in the point. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas yeah, City I'm gonna, wins. I'm, go I'm just saying the points wise. I'm gonna take the Chargers. I think the Char- I'm gonna take the Chargers to cover. How about that? I'm, I'm gonna go. I think Mahomes can do it. And I think right. that Justin. I think Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes are both great starts this week. Yeah, yeah. Both of them are. Most I think. Definitely. Is that, um, is that Eckler's playing? He's supposed. To, he's just questionable, but. Okay. Um, now, see, to me, that is that's the that's, great that, that's the great difference maker to me. Yeah, healthy Eckler is is, is it can change things. It's versatile for their offense. It really it is. is. All right, next game I want to talk about. We're just gonna skim it. Cowboys are gonna thump the Giants. We agree to this. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Giants win. <laughs> right. Bro, that's the NFC East, though. That is really why I love watching the NFC East. It's weird how that it's works to weird. me, man. It really it is. It's weird. The Cowboys have had a lead all year. Somebody like Washington to come through. And New York to come through and hit you again. And they say, you know, you fighting for a wild card. All right. Saturday game. Game. Big boy game. Patriots at the Colts. Indianapolis is actually two and a half point favorites. I think the Colts win. I know the Patriots have been hot. They're on the streak. The Colts have something to I think, for. well, not only do they have something to play for, I mean, the Patriots have it too because they're looking for that first round bye. Here's why I say Colts win. For one, the Colts have been playing really, really, really well. They have an extremely athletic defense, and the Patriots do not have an extremely athletic offense. They're not fast. They're not overly anything special. We suck against the run, so that shit's dead. We're, and, we might lose. 
So I actually am taking Indianapolis no, to break. Carson Wentz decides to give you guys the ball. Nope, I don't. I actually think. See, but that's the thing, though. That's the thing with the. From what I've been watching with Hard Knocks and just watching the Colts play all year, mm-hmm. they're either coming out and they're throwing the ball a lot and they're going away from what they normally do, which is run the ball, or they'll come out and punch you in the mouth with JT mm-hmm. and then you can't do anything about it. Yeah, I think I think the Colts come out really, really strong in this game. Now I'm saying that and the opposite is going to happen, but I just think that the Colts have more talent. Mm-hmm. Patriots are better coached, and they have talent. And they're better coached, but Indianapolis overall has more talent. Yeah, um, I think that they get to Mac Jones. I think that the Colts are able to run the football, and they break the streak. Colts win. I think we can take it. Well, there you go. I think we, I think we, I think the Patriots can come out, but it's still that just like up and down because JT could go off and that yep. could be the end of us. But I believe in Belichick's scheming, so he could he probably has something for it. He can have something all he wants for it. I do I still do bad. As yeah, well. that's what yeah, I'm. That's that was my point too. Like, yeah, JT is a monster in itself. He's so different. it's just trust, like trust me, I know. You know? Oh, you know about that? Oh, actually, I think you think since, ever since the Big I think, Ten, I think JT is still running. Actually, yeah, is Buffalo ever, still <laughs> ever since the Big Ten? Did he score again? All right, next game: Buccaneers hosting the Saints Sunday night. Um, the Buccaneers are ten and a half point favorites. That's a lot of points. Y'all want to go to the game? So bad. Um, I think this Don't is this is that coming out party. I think because for whatever reason, the Bucks seem to struggle with the Saints. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Man. I but don't understand it's always, it. You know, but it's always I don't it's get it. Give Orleans, me so. that hot Lenny, because Lenny is yeah. like, it's fire right now. I don't yeah, think Taysom. I don't think Taysom's gonna be able to run the ball like he did this last weekend. Yes, I think they're gonna force him to, to have to pass the ball. And let's just face it, if he's got to pass the ball, in favor of the Bucks. So I think the Bucks win, and I think that they actually put a beating on him. And they just released Michael Thomas. Yeah, but they were doing that anyways. He ain't played. He ain't played. Like, that was dead, boss. Yeah, but my thing is, I don't know where he's going to go next. I don't he know. He's going to Buffalo. No, the fuck he's not. <laughs> this is pointless. Why? I don't know. He's got a line. All right, but anyways, we agree Bucks win. Yeah. I think yeah, Bucks win. Without a doubt. I, um, the Bucks at home are pretty much un, 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 unstoppable. I think they are. Un, aren't they undefeated? Yeah, they're undefeated at home. Um. Because have y'all been to the stadium when during a home game? Mm-hmm. You don't no. want to lose there. <laughs> yeah, not so. Bro, this is... <laughs> I think Tom Brady probably goes off in this game too because he's. You can tell he's really been bothered. Yeah. He's really, really been bothered by some of the Saints' losses. So don't be yeah. shocked. And, Sunday and night we watch Tampa. Tom Brady. Yeah, we're in Tampa. Yeah, Tom Brady might go off. See what he did. And Chris God, Chris Godwin, Tom Brady got a thing going on right now. So uh, fantasy. Yeah, that's my favorite. Chris, Go- the Chris Godwin, kid, go ahead. He has to start. He's a reception machine. If you're playing a half point or full point PPR, kid, there's no one better right if now. You're super deep. Perryman is gonna play. No, that's all. He caught one ball, dude. That, I know, yeah. but he's still gonna play because AB ain't coming back. That's dead. Yeah, you might as well dead that one. We'll see. Hold off to the playoffs. Now I want to I want to talk about this game only in the sense of because it's so one sided and I just want to see how y'all feel about this. Cardinals at Lions. The Cardinals are thirteen and a half point favorites. They're gonna lose by twenty five. 
Let's go, Lions. Oh, no. Do you Roar. think my only my question to this is Roar, this. Lions. Can the Roar. Lions cover? That's my only question. I'm, that's all I'm wondering. Do you think the Lions can cover? As long as yeah, it doesn't man. come down to the last five seconds and the field goes there. Golf, you know? golf can do it. Colin said golf can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in that guy. Now, the last game I want to talk about is this one. I don't think this game is going to be close, but the over-under in this game to me is very interesting. Panthers at Bills. Panthers beat Bills. I think the oh, Pan- damn, I think the Bills beat the shit out of the Panthers. Again in Buffalo? Yeah. Cam Newton has now, game of his life. Cam Newton's back. Yeah, he's back to the bench. Get last the fuck out of here with that. Last time he was there, he fumbled. <laughs> so it is going to be a cold. It's 32 degrees, but it's not supposed to be windy. It's, the, it's that 1 o'clock game. Should be nice. Just cold as hell. Um, if Josh Allen can handle himself, Josh Allen is going off in this game. I hope so. I think he goes off. And I also think you're going to see... Over the past two weeks, you're seeing Stephon Diggs get targeted double-digit uh, double targets in both games the past two weeks. So you can see they're trying to make a focus of getting him the ball more in different ways. So I think Stephon Diggs would probably be a pretty good start this week. Yeah, him, Beasley, Knox. Start all three. Um, I don't yeah, know if I go I that far. I don't, think, I don't know if Sanders is playing or not. I know he was hurt last game. Sanders ain't playing. Yeah, Knox Beasley. They got they got Gabe Davis out there. Now I will say, when it comes to quarterbacks, I feel like the number one starter this week is going to be Kyler Murray because he gets the Lions in a dome, a controlled environment. (laughs) Something he's used to. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, yo, fling that shit. Did y'all? The Cardinals are seven and zero with their away games. Yep. Yeah, isn't that weird? But when they come home, they're three and three at home. Yeah. Sometimes so you, it's, sometimes, why? I don't because know. Because you gotta think with some of them stadiums did not have fans. So that home that home stretch is different. Mm-hmm. But don't you want to protect the house? Yeah, but you got everybody isn't like the Bucks. Now, if you're looking for a cheap option and or you have injuries and you've made the playoffs. Ready for I'm about the this is gonna sound stupid, but I'm being serious. This is I think a good start. Tua. Kirk Cousins. Off the waiver wire. If there is an issue, you have injuries, whatever your quarterback situation is. Or if you're looking for a cheap option and those other fantasy formats, Tua is a very cheap option and he gets the Jets. So yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's I was about a good, to say, isn't, don't they that's, play the Jets? Yep, it's a really good option. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Are they playing in Miami? Hmm? I forgot. Yeah. Uh, Miami's in it. Anyways, the only reason I say Kirk Cousins is because they're in Chicago. And for whatever reason, when he tries to throw the ball outdoors, it doesn't. But, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, However, like, Justin Jefferson, he's got Justin Jefferson like to throw too, so it don't matter. Like he hasn't played is Adam Thielen coming back this game? I don't know. I haven't seen that. Now, running back-wise, I think we can all agree that there's a handful of guys that are just absolute start-worthy this week. Dalvin Cook, um, Justin Taylor. Yeah, Dalvin Cook is a definite go. Um, Jonathan. Jonathan. Nick Chubb versus the Raiders, hundred percent go. Um, if healthy and he goes and he plays, Elijah Mitchell is a great start this week. Yeah, um, that's a fantastic start this week versus Atlanta. You put up numbers last week too. Yep, and then another one I would probably really consider is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones yeah. is a great yeah. start. Um, he was my guy last year on my fantasy team. Yeah, and if you're in a deeper league. 
Dylan. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Dylan. Dylan. Smooth is... ten points. Hey. Right. So those are just a few ideas now in. At wide receiver, wide receiver is so deep this year that you literally can just pick a handful of guys and it's not going to make a difference. Real. There's a couple Cooper guys though here Cooper recently Cooper that are starting to do some things that isn't they're not really getting paid attention to as much. Guys like Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro in the past three games has 353 yards receiving. Um, my boy is balling out. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he is a great start this week. I traded him away. So uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I think he's an absolute stud start. Keenan Allen, I think he said he is back. So yeah, I haven't seen yeah, that yet. Okay, so Keenan Allen's active. I would definitely be starting him this week. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, versus Denver. I'm all there for it. Um, another one that I would look at, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, most definitely. That yeah, is a reception if you, res- machine. If go now, the reason I'm not the reason why I'm telling you these guys and not going the regular routes of Cup and Jefferson and Adams and Hill and Debo because that's common sense. I shouldn't have to. If you're listening to a sports show and you don't know that you should be starting them, we have bigger issues here. Okay? You simple. Like I say, my boy might be simple. You simple. Those guys are all automatic starts. <laughs> There's never a question. Chris Godwin, automatic start. Those are the guys that sit with tears in our The eyes biggest question for me for fantasy this year is like who to start at tiny end. That's like the biggest thing for me. Because well, because you don't big, know who's gonna be able to get you a little bit of points. This year. You do, it's and you got to be happy when it comes up. to tight ends. You also you got to be very very thankful when it comes to tight end to get. You're really happy if you get to like 13 points. You're satisfied if you get to like nine to 10 points. Right, you know, yeah. anything over nine or 10, you're like, all right, yeah. yeah I'm cool with that. Um, unless you got one of the big, unless you got Kelsey, a healthy Andrews, Waller, Kittle. Yeah. Andrews, Gronk, you got one of those guys. Okay, now we're talking now about. We're talking okay, about hey, I need, I need fifteen, 20. I need fifteen to twenty out of you. I need 20. But if you're just looking at, you're looking at just normal guys. You know, even though I think Knox is almost at that tier, like Knox is like the 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 top of the second tier. Yeah. Um. You know, on those guys, you're looking for ten to fifteen points, and you were just ecstatic. Um. Anyways, I think maybe a good possible start, a little bit lower on the list, Van Jefferson. Mm, cheaper yep. option, uh, great start if you're looking for a cheap option in those other fantasy formats or waiver wire pickup because he's available in a lot of leagues, um, not in ours. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Good start. And the reason why I say Van Jefferson is an automatic start this week, and I'm saying this very seriously, he's an automatic start this week. If you have Van Jefferson, hear me now and get mad at me next week if it doesn't work. But Van Jefferson is a start. Odell Beckham's out. The only receivers they got to throw to right now is Cup and Jefferson. Yep, because Higby's down too. Ah, uh, they're bringing him back. They, they oh, yeah, he yeah. got cleared. Yeah, Higby is clear. I saw that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're Henderson Jr. I haven't seen that yet because that's their other target too. <coughs> so Van Jefferson, absolute must start. Now you want to talk about the tight ends? You said yes, sir. Just to throw him out there. Who got him? Who got him? Who else want? Well, Kittle to me is the best option this week versus Atlanta. Yeah. That's a great start. Um, Can't afford him. <coughs> Give me some cheaper. Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki. He plays for Miami. Dallas Goddard. Good option. I didn't expect him to say Mike Gusecki. Yeah, I didn't either. Sh- I'm just, I can't help you, it, Chucky. You said throw it out. You said throw it out. I'm here. This is what I do. Right. I look at these yeah, numbers and go. Brett is all about supporting the Dolphins, I swear right now. It's weird, it's weird though, because I don't like the Dolphins, but if you go over what they've done, okay, I'm not talking about 
And people, yeah, you have to understand, I'm separating on-field versus fantasy. Those are two different things. That is true. James Conner, in reality, isn't that great of a running back. But in fantasy, he's a stud. He's a stud must-start running back. My boy was doing work. Like, and that's, that's my point to that. So you have to learn how to separate it. But the thing is, with the Dolphins having the Jets this week and the offense being effective enough where two is throwing two touchdowns and being effective and then running for another 25 or 30 yards, mm-hmm. yeah. rushing quarterbacks in a league do well. Jalen Hurts has a terrible completion percentage. Now he's got a terrible offense built around him. But because he is that dual threat, he's been the, he's been the top five scoring in all of fantasy all year long. And for a while, he was number one and two for a while. Sure. So, and you know, everybody kind of looked at me with a cock eye. You know, they were all cockeyed when I, when I drafted Jalen Hurts late. I waited on quarterbacks, and I'll tell you about my draft real quick. I waited on quarterback really towards, I was in the, we were the late middle rounds. And I finally drafted Jalen. That was the first quarterback I took. And I took Jalen, and I got the cockeyed look. But my thought on it was, is he's going to run. Yeah. He's going to get me points around. If I couldn't get Kyler, which that was my idea. I was gonna, early, I was going to try to get Kyler. I'm a home, something along those lines. Oh, I got Tom Brady right in the middle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, like, if I couldn't, my whole idea to that was I'd take Jalen late. Um, and, I, ironically, I barely made the playoffs. That sounds bad, but the flip side of that, I was the third highest scoring team in the league. You know, I, my team scored a lot of points this year. Yes, my team um, did. Absolutely so dominated. Your team also had the least points scored against it. Ty's team, if you could play like fantasy defense, Ty's <laughs> team did it. Like it was the wildest thing I've ever seen. I have never seen I somebody was the play. Third best. Come on. I have never seen a team. I have never seen a team that every single week the person they played had the worst possible week. That's why I got a bye week. Like, it was – there was consistently week. guys <laughs> – like every week everybody's never... scoring 130, 140, 150 points, and they play tie and they score 80. And you're like, 80. what the hell? He wins by 15. Yeah. You're like, you're like, what the hell? He's like, yeah, I'm undefeated. We're like, how? Shout out to the whoop ass master. 50-piece that ass. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh. God. Talk about a letdown. He come in, you come in with a name called Whoop Ass Master in your fantasy league, you better bring some heat. And the only, <laughs> the only, the only heat he brought was that Icy Hawk because his back was sore from getting blown out all year. Oh. <laughs> and the first pick of the- <laughs> No, that's not even that's still the funniest thing all year, bro. I, look, I looked at my phone and it was like Josh Allen. I was like, what? I was, like, was, it, was, it, was that the first pick or the second pick? I thought it was, was the second pick. That was his. That was his was it was like his, the no, second pick. You're right. The second, his, first the, pick. his first pick, second overall was Josh, was Josh Allen. Allen. And uh, don't get me wrong, Josh Allen scored a lot of points, but everybody's jaws just hit the floor. I was like, <laughs> yo, what? Like I, and then he had the worst. His setup was even more worse because he was like... The second overall pick, but you mm-hmm. literally are like the 18th pick coming second back. Second overall pick was Josh. Josh yeah, Allen. that's yeah. crazy. I um, I remember going through, looking at the draft, going, okay, Dalvin or Derek, Derek or Dalvin, and I was like, I love Dalvin, even though I hate that he went to FSU. And then I was looking at Derek, and I was like, okay, can he really keep this up? You know, can this really be kept up? And that was scared me off. And I remember and thinking, if I took one. If Jonathan Taylor made it to me in the second round, that's where the direction I wanted to go. Mm, yeah. And then he was taken, and obviously that was, like, really high hopes. But then I ended up getting Najee Harris right there, and everybody was like, what? And we have Najee, you know what? Steelers it's, suck, but Najee ain't bad at I all. Feel like, I feel like the, true. if the Steelers ended up, like, having a quarterback, 
they could probably do something. They do got a quarterback. But anyways, the reason the reason I'm on the Jets train for this weekend though is for one, Tua and Waddle are connecting a lot, a lot, a lot. So if you're in a PPR league, even if it's half point, full point, whatever, Jalen Waddle's a reception machine. Back to that Alabama connection. It really is. So then, and Gasecki again is another good touchdown option. He might not get you a lot of yards, but Tua he's, does target him over thirty-two percent in the red zone. I was gonna say he's a red so zone. So this is right. this is why I I say that. So you say throw a name out there at tight end. I'm not looking for a guy that if I don't have the Kittles of the world and the Andrews of the world mm-hmm. and, and Waller, a healthy Waller. Yeah. If yeah. I don't have that, I'm looking for a guy who's got red zone targets. Who's getting the most red zone targets? And a guy like Gasecki, who's getting 32% of the red zone targets, I want that guy. Yeah. You know, especially against a really shitty team like the Jets. Um, yeah, because they're bound to give it up. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to give that booty up. So that's why I say that. It's not that I like the, Everybody knows I don't like the Dolphins. I really don't. Yeah, you but know, Tua, you like Tua has – now, I do like Tua. I will say that. I don't like the Dolphins. <laughs> love me some Tua. Yeah, but I like Tua. I, as much as I don't like Alabama, I love Tua at Alabama. I was, dude, I was on that train before Brady came. So the last year at Jameis, I was on the tank for Tua train. Like, I was, I was riding that train. Tua was going crazy that year, though. Huh? He was going crazy that year. He was. I I was just, I was just on that train. And I think that what's happening is, see, you're having all these people who's talked so bad about Tua. But if you notice over these past seven to eight weeks, He's starting to get a little more Everybody accurate. Said, nothing he's, negative. No one's saying not as many <laughs> negative things because he's starting. He, he's starting to settle down. They're adjust. They've adjusted their offense a little bit. They're starting to have some of these quicker passes to where he's not having to sit back and hold the ball and that sorry ass offensive line getting teed off on. So they're starting to adjust that offense a little bit. So that's my only thing to that is that's Jalen Waddle to me is almost an automatic starter. Yeah. And we're really getting to that point because even in your regular fantasy teams, he's almost getting to the point where he's an automatic starter. Because he's going to get so many receptions. Not necessarily yeah. going to score. It's just if you're, especially in a PPR league, why would you not? Like, Take why would chance. you not? Those might, those are literally free points. It really is. So, and that's the only reason I say that. So, it's not that I really love the Dolphins. It's just I love that matchup. Did like, you guys get a chance to see all the backlash that the NFL was getting from the refs during the Bills and Bucks game? Dude, get out of here with that. Yeah. So, hey, I went on, hold on, ready? You know what I did? You know what I did? I went on to uh, some fan pages, specifically for the Bills. And when I tell you, I've never seen a bigger group of crybabies. I'm sorry, I'm about to call you all Bills Mafia. Here's the issue. Oh, I'm gonna say the same thing. Here's, here's what they're complaining about. They're going, they're going, man, it's not fair. Brady, Brady, it's just not fair. They always cheat for Brady. They've done it all this time. They've always cheated for Brady. They've cheated for Brady. That's the, every comment. Cheated for Brady. Here's the issue. Tom Brady is 33-3 and against y'all. That's not a referee problem. That's a player and coach problem. That's not a referee Anyways. problem. It's not. You can be There's upset all you want. Okay, guess the, what? There's other flags that went the other way, too, that could have went the other way. What are we talking about? Nah, game was on the line No, here. it's not. Game was on you the know, line. You know how you, know how you don't lose? You don't that, give up 27 in the first half. We came back! It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, don't, it does matter no, it when doesn't. you come back. Name a team that comes back from 27 down, or 24 down. A lot of teams come back. When? when? I mean, we did it in the 90s. Yeah. Were you born? No, but we did it in the nineties and we beat the Oilers. Okay, so, so you're talking about one game throughout the nineties. <laughs> I asked that question because 
the amount of teams that have come back from a 20-plus point deficit in NFL history, there's like eight. But we were there. It, it doesn't. Was the point okay, of, you're still you're missing it. No, you're you're missing it. There, I'm not missing it. You if, are. If take your heart out of it for a second. Bro, take your heart out. The I know. Because if take you, your if heart you out. grab the man's shoulder pad and it's, you gonna grab the jersey, he can't turn. Y'all were crying about a pass interference on the Carlson Davis one where he didn't even touch the dude. No, I'm not. I don't care about that. Like, I'm talking about the end zone and then, passes. The, the end zone passes. Is his head just turned around and they're both fighting for the ball. But when he's turning, how you how you go ahead? You can't have a jersey if, his if you head, turn it. Right, but if both heads are turned and they're both focused on the ball, that, that's just that's, like Mike Evans. Mike Evans grabbed Brad and just held him. Right. That's the same. That's the same logic. Mm-hmm. But it's just on the defensive side. So know what happens? You don't play the game to where you can get beat like that. Uh, at this point, nah, you can't complain line. about the referees when you're down by twenty-four. You can't. Right. It, it's not, and that but, to me is what's so confusing. None of that, none of the board was talking about how bad the offensive game plan was. None of them were talking about being down. But no, hold on. There was a handful that said, "Guys, why are we complaining? We were down by 24." There were a few handful of those. But, we came but back. You, it doesn't matter about coming back. What matters is y'all were so shitty to get down by 24 to even fight back, back into the still game. Still got an ass taxed. Ooh. But anyways, it's Brady, bro, it's, it's, and it's like what, and, and, Jones, and even last week, you know what the best part is? If you go, if you go on to those, <laughs> when you go to the Bills threads, That's just bad. do yourself a favor if you want to read some comedic gold, go to the game thread of the Bills versus Patriots and them crying about the the refs were cheating. They held on every play. I want to be very clear. No, I don't care about none of that. Let's be, let's be very clear. Y'all were outcoached like crazy, one. Two, do you realize holding on the offensive line can be called literally on every play? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. The offensive line held all game long. Yeah, so did yours. <laughs> what I'm are we talking about? If our run game was different... I have never seen a fan base that cries like that. I don't even have a run game for a whole half. No, I don't understand that. That I was don't. weird. That was weird. And I, I realized, I was like, wait, we, I'm coming into the game like halfway through the second quarter. I'm like, we haven't ran the ball yet? I'm like, no. I'm now like, exactly. I, we don't have a fucking runoff. Tomorrow, well, we're going to go away from this. Lord knows we'll spend the next three days talking about it. Tomorrow's National Signing Day. Or, or actually, early signing day. It's lit. We think anything crazy is going to happen tomorrow? Are we going to be any surprises? Yeah. Um, more decommits. Let's go. More, de- <laughs> Let's more decommits. Huh? More decommits. To so where? I, have y'all seen, by the way, so Texas A&M is, has the number two class in the country right now. The number one, they have the number one and number two defensive tackle in the country, both coming to Texas A&M. I was like, damn it, man. Number, number one, I think, goes to Lakeland. Mm-hmm. And he was already going to Oklahoma. And when Lincoln Riley left, he decommitted and was like, yo, I'm going here now. Mm-hmm. That was his that was Texas his A&M, final two. Texas A&M has the top defensive tackle and the, the number kid, two defensive tackle kid, going. He is, he is huge. He is mm-hmm. smart. He's literally like a country kid. Spencer Rattler shocked me going to South Carolina. I kind of like it, though. I just don't understand who he's going to throw it. It's not like that, that team has a bunch of offensive like, weapons. If you're a quarterback who's looking to improve their draft stock, why would you go to a school? And, and let's not get it twisted. Spencer Rattler had his choice of anywhere. I mean, as much as he had a down year this year, he pretty much had a choice of anywhere to go if he really wanted to. Yeah, I don't know. And, at, that point, at that point, with, 
But see, then you got to think, the transfer portal got like 150 the players The transfer in portal it. is lit as so shit. So at that point, that's why I'm that's like. That's the place to be. That's the place to be. For it really is. Right dude. That's like the get down boogie right you now. You can be a nobody right now. And you have. Bo Nix is going Yeah, Bo Nix is in the transfer like, portal. The kid from Georgia Tech's in the transfer but portal. But then again, his backup is cold, so I understand Bo mm-hmm. Nix. Lord, I know you up there. Can we please get somebody, anybody? Oh, no. See, Mel Tucker is doing his job up in Michigan State. We didn't got we got some guys on that defense. So I'm just I wanna I'm trying to think in my head if we if we could see any surprise. I don't really think don't, we're probably going to. Um I think if we get any surprises, it'd be on the signing side. Like which kids has these which kids were gonna go here, but these well, coaching so that, changes. Split. Well so that's that's my thing is like what do we think there could be I just don't think there is. There's I don't know, there's not there's not too many that, Especially nowadays, it's not like it used to be back in the day where you didn't have all like these media leaks and stuff like that. People are just like, you know, Nowadays, everybody's kind of like social media and people are leaking stuff. So you got, you know, people looking for the scoop and they'll pay their, they, they, come, they, they pay, come. they pay the friend. Hey, I'll give you five grand if you tell me what your boy's thinking. And okay. They're, they're like this and they're, they're walking in. And yeah. They come in, they're like, all right, you know, this is where I'm going. And yeah. It's, it's like, not, okay, it's not, it's, it's a little of, bit different than it used is, to be. It's crafty and creative, but it's like when you got to really hide it. Mm. I think that's where that's where it interferes sometimes. So, all right, guys, this is the end of the show. We're gonna start it off with Curtis. Curtis, go ahead and give us your final thoughts, sir. Um, my final thought, like you were saying, to piggyback off of a uh, signing day tomorrow in the college portal, my thing is I want to know where a lot of these other players that are leaving these schools. What are their plans? Like, what is? What is honestly the college portal gonna benefit out of them? Like benefit for them out of all of this, because um, a lot of people are doing it, and then you hear somewhere in, someone like Deion Sanders who stayed with their their school their entire time. Um, he was wondering why is it tr- kind of a trend? Like you were saying, trends coming to sports. He was wondering why is this a trend that a lot of kids don't want to finish there for how many ever years at one school? They want to just keep switching. Um, my thing is I like it because I kind of feel like there's certain things like that fit for a lot of these dudes, but I just want to know what really does it benefit them in a certain in a certain realm or certain points. Because well, like we discussed before with the kid from UCF, well, you yeah UCF, um, college sports turned into a business. Right, like you know? that's what's that's what's is weird. It's like when you start to see it. Like like we said with Spencer Riley, going to South Carolina is weird. But hearing somebody like Bo Nick say, Okay, I'm I'm leaving, I'm up and, and leaving. Like seeing coaches like uh Brian Kelly up and leave kinda shows me like, okay, these these kids are about to do the same damn thing. Like if they got a chance to jump into the transfer portal and get up out of there, they gonna do it. But my thing is is like what honestly are y'all gonna get out of it? Cause if you leave, there's no telling if you really you really gonna be that guy there. I think with cert with certain guys like say Dylan Gabriel, he's got like all the talent. He's yeah, got a ton of talent. He, he he's leaving UCF and he's gonna be able to put himself in a lot better situation. Whether it's with NIL, which I think that's a thing. That, yeah. Um, you put more talent around you, it looks better around. You look better with the more talent around you, mm-hmm. and then it helps that draft stock. So I, I mean, I don't know. I'm 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 that, torn I, on yeah, it. There's I'm a part of me that I'm happy. I like the transfer portal and how it is now. There's another part of me that's kind of like, all right. Uh, like, but I'm also a firm believer in loyalty at times yeah, that, can kill you. So loyalty loyalty in life is good. Loyalty in sports at times can kill you. 
Yeah, you you know, everybody can't stay in one team forever. Yeah. Or one school at this point with these kids. But mm-hmm. that, that's pretty much my main thing because a lot of them, I mean, I don't know. I just want to see, you know, maybe, maybe having, you know, schools with these uh, schools changing conferences like Oklahoma and them. Maybe them going into the SEC might be a better look for some of these kids, and that's why they're changing schools now. But I mean, it is what it is. We'll see. It's gonna be money. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, money. Oh, for sure. So Oklahoma and Texas had their own networks, right? That's what I want to know. Make, what that paycheck gonna look like. This is what's wild. I'm about to. I'm about to, I'm about to blow your little mind. The TV contracts that they are gonna have individually themselves, like the, the Texas Longhorns network. Mm-hmm. Texas will make more money splitting the shares from the SEC than they did off their own network. Right. <laughs> right. A TV deal that, that's a, a TV deal that they're having to split is going to make them more money than their own individual network. It, it, Think about that. It ties back into what I said before, seeing the the Staples Center, that's 700 million dollars going to the Staples Center for the next 20 years just to change the name. There's so much money that's involved in the sports nowadays that we don't see. It's like in a blink of an eye, it's like, wait, how much money? So, I mean, I feel like that's that's why a lot of them are going, going to go through this transfer portal. I mean, I, I'm I'm on a split decision like you. We'll, we'll see how it pans out later on. Mm-hmm. All right, Ty, what is your final thought for this week? <clears throat> well, for me, it's more of NFL and NBA. As far as the NFL goes, with these six and seven teams, I'm wondering who's gonna, you know, clinch as far as the wild card goes. Who's gonna end up just in general making the playoffs? Like this year has been a really crazy year as far as the NFL goes, where we have this extra game and we have all these teams with tie records and things of that nature, and it may just come down to, you know, maybe even another tie where it's just like, okay, now we got to see how. This is going to affect that and this, that, and the other. And then you got your teams at the top. We got three teams that are 10 and 3. Like, who's going to end with the best record? There you go. Yeah. I want to see how that's going to turn out. And (coughs) the thing I'm looking forward to most is if Cooper Cup's going to break this record. Because just having him on my fantasy team, I've been following his stats all season. It's just been like, yo, you're getting closer and closer and closer. Like, I really want to see you do it because it's just like, yo, this is crazy. And watching this guy and just listening to how he studies the game and knows so much about the game, it's crazy, crazy to me because he breaks down defenses. He knows, like, even if you watch the Monday night game, he literally tried to put Odell in the correct spot. Well, he tried to put Van Jefferson in the right spot because Odell wasn't in the right spot. So it's just his on-field coaching his and his leadership, yeah. yeah. It's just insane to me. And the guy, he's a great guy. He's a great athlete. Um, Then outside of that, in the NBA, we're going to come to our quarter mark where we're, you know, we don't have a whole bunch of games now. We can see how teams are looking and actually have a judgment on how the NBA is going to turn out until we get to the midway part of the season. But that's about it. I'm excited about that. Alright, so my final thought, I'm going to go a different direction because we always talk NBA, NFL, stuff like that. And I want to talk UFC. Okay. The UFC this weekend had one of his greatest weekends ever with the fact that you had Amanda Nunes upset. You had big name guys like Sean O'Malley 
who's a young up and comer guy, dominate. You had you had legends like Dominic Cruz go old school and just whoop homies ass. You have guys like Kai Car Francis coming through who looks fantastic. You have uh, Tuivasa who's knocking dudes out and then doing shoeies afterwards. And if you don't know what a shoey is, it's where you shotgun a beer out of a shoe. And they sit on top of the, <coughs> sit on top of the cage. Yes, and it is fun. <laughs> um, and the reason I want it to be my final thought is this. The UFC is the definition of don't give up. So some of the champions right now in the divisions, if you would have said two years ago, these people are your current champions of these divisions, you would look at that person and start laughing at them and say, you don't know dick about the UFC. Glover Teixeira is the light heavyweight champion of the world right now. He is 44 years old. He's Tom Brady. Literally, I mean, he's or maybe he's 43, whatever. He's literally Tom Brady. This dude defied every odd. His career looked to be over. And then he hit a hot streak, and he hasn't lost since. He is redefining what age can be in the UFC. The next one I want to talk about is Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira defended his championship this weekend over Dustin Poirier. The champion was the underdog. Charles Oliveira started his career in the UFC as 10 and 8. Since that 10 and 8 start, he's done nothing but go 10 and 0, become have the most finishes and sub finishes in the UFC's division. And he's done one other thing. Oh, he collected a championship belt. The dude was literally one fight away from being cut. And now he's the champion. Brandon Moreno at the 125-pound division is currently the champion. He defeated one of the greatest fighters ever in that division, Davison Figueredo. That guy was one of the biggest underdogs in that division's history. And he was actually one of the top 10 underdogs ever on a UFC card in a title fight. And he didn't just win. He dominated. And now that guy is currently a champion. If you would have said two years ago that Brandon Moreno is going to be a champion, you're going to laugh. Want to know why you're going to laugh? Because Brandon Moreno was barely on the roster. It's insane. Juliana Pena just had the second biggest upset statistically in UFC history when she beat Amanda Nunez. The biggest upset in UFC history was Holly Holm beating Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. The second biggest upset in history is now Amanda Nunes getting tapped out by Juliana Pena. Juliana Pena has legitimately been calling for this fight since UFC 200. If you're wondering how long ago UFC 200 was, that's five that was, years this that was, year. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a long time. That's five years this year she's been calling for the same fight to fight her. There is a reason Amanda Nunes hasn't defended that belt in two years. And the reason why is, is that weight cut. If you noticed, she looked ripped at the weigh-ins. However, when she got into the fight for the first time in a long time, she fought somebody who was just as big as her. She fought somebody for the first time in a long time that wasn't going to fade in the first round because she took a few shots. And that's what we've seen when people fight Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes is so great that she hits you one time and you can watch people start to think, oh, God, I fucked up. That's how great she is. Um, In her last title fight, the first punch she threw, she connected. And the girl's eyes, I am not kidding when I said her eyes. It didn't knock her out or nothing. She just clipped her. Her eyes popped out of her head. Oh, my God, she has this kind of power. Here's the problem. Eventually, you run into somebody who's got power like that, too. 
and they're not scared. And that's what happened. Amanda Nunes didn't lose this fight because she wasn't physically able to fight. She lost this fight mentally. This girl kept coming forward. And on top of it, when she kept coming forward, she was talking the whole time. Like talking like I'm beating like, you up. Like, I got you. Not even talking smack. It's just like, come on, keep doing it. Like, okay. come on, come on. Amanda Nunes hasn't faced that. Amanda Nunes gassed no, out. The choke, if you look at the if you look at the replay with mm-hmm. the choke, it never fully got underneath the neck. She got she got her arm around the bottom part of her chin, so it was more like a crank than it was a choke. Amanda Nunes was just gassed. There was nowhere for her to go. So she tapped. And she tapped early. She could have held on, but mentally she had been beaten. When she got hit those few times and it pushed her against the cage and then she got taken down Mm -hmm. for the first time in her career, Mm -hmm. at that point, that fight was over. There was no more fight. So that is a perfect example of why sports is so great. These underdog stories of the world. The UFC proved once again that the underdog story is still the best story in sports. Last year, at the beginning of the year, no one picked the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. By the playoffs came, the Bucks were one of the favorites. By the time the Super Bowl came, the Chiefs were going to do this, this, and this. And guess what? They didn't do. They didn't do it. The Bucks won the Super Bowl. The Milwaukee Bucks are your defending NBA champion. Go ahead and tell me if you saw that coming at the beginning of the year. Nobody saw that coming at the beginning of the year. Nobody saw Chris Paul being in the finals. Yes. <laughs> like, nobody saw that coming. So, guys, when you're watching sports, keep an open mind and look at what could be, not always what is. Sometimes it is what it is, right? There's that famous saying, it is what it is. But there's certain times of sports to where it just captures the moment perfectly of what we love about sports. And this is how I open the show. This is how I end the show. Certain moments capture what you love about it. Saturday night, the UFC captured what we love about sports. And that is my final thought. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Right? I know, right? We, we out. So thank you so much for listening. We are going to have one more show before Christmas next week. We're gonna, we'll call it a Christmas episode. That'll probably also be our last show of the year. We're probably going to do a, a week hiatus going into the new year. And the reason I want to do it that way is because I want to hit all the playoff games going on that f- next weekend. Yeah. So we're going to take that week hiatus, have a little family time. We're going to rewrite some stuff so we can we can add content for you guys. guys. Yeah, bring you guys a lot of content. We're trying to bring you some new content. Guys, um, fantasy is almost over. I know. The playoffs start this week. So we appreciate all the love we've gotten. The <laughs> next the next episode, are y'all ready? The podcast turns 30 episodes old. Right. 30 episodes start right. as the next episode. So next Tuesday night when we come to meet, guys, 30 episodes. I'll be 15 episodes deep, guys. Hey. Oh, <laughs> so I'm glad you're here. If you want some entertainment, if you think we're bad now, just think how bad we were in the first one. <laughs> I have gone back and actually listened to a bunch of our shows. Right. And when we first started, oh, man. And I'm not saying we're much better, but I've kept my promise. We have step by step gotten just a little bit better. Right. <laughs> right. We really have. Just you. a little bit. Just we, incremental we steps. We won't four-letter network you. We're not going to lie. Yeah. So we're getting a little bit better. We are. We're getting a little bit better as the days go on. So thank you so much for listening and for all the love and support we get for all of the new subscribers that I saw this past week. Guys, you guys are rocking it. For all the new likes and shares we got this past week on, on the social pages, we appreciate it. Thank you and welcome to the show. We hope you all enjoy listening. Guys, thank you for all that you have done for us. We are out.